If you want to see God, look at Jesus. He specifically said that. He is the representation of the Father. If you want to know what God's nature is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's attributes are, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's will is, look at Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're supposed to become like Jesus, then people should be looking at us and seeing the reflection of God. Well, obviously, we've got a long way to go on that, but that's our daily goal, isn't it? That's the the challenge, the struggle, and the joy of our lives as Christians, followers of Christ, that each day we take more steps into his grace and his mercy and his truth and his wisdom, all the good things that he is, and that we are then transformed into that image more and more each day. Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church podcast, Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Ben Church. Hello, today we are continuing in Matthew chapter 5, talking about the Beatitudes This is the words of Jesus from him preaching the Sermon on the Mount of Olives. And we're going to be talking about two verses today, verse 4 and verse 7. Let me read those quickly. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Number 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I really love this teaching of Jesus. He's setting parameters. He's setting forth truths. He's speaking forth words of life. So let's take a quick look at that first verse, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is really revealing the Father's heart. I can remember so many times in my life where I was in mourning, where my heart was aching, where I was yearning, where I was deeply hurt, just crying out for mercy, just deeply mourning. And here Jesus is saying, there is a blessing in that state, because they shall be comforted. Remember when Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, he said, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit is sent upon you. He's the comforter. He's called the great comforter. He brings comfort. And he was released on the day of Pentecost, and he's still here today. And he dwells within us if you receive Christ as your Savior. And he can come upon you also uh, and bring forth different things. But Jesus was saying, there's going to be a time when God is going to comfort those who mourn. There is a special blessing. There is a special place of comfort in the mourning heart who is crying out, who is hurting, who is broken. But God's heart is that that person not stay that way. He had a plan of escape. Think of it this way. If the enemy prepared traps and prepared destruction and wants to just really destroy people's lives on one hand, well, on the other hand, God was preparing a way of escape, a way to bring life and hope and blessing and comfort and so many other wonderful things because that's who God is. So Jesus was saying right here in this passage, he's stating a truth 
that will last for eternity. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So how do we take that in our own lives today? Well, first off, is your heart mourning? Do you mourn? Well, I want you to stop right there and know that you are blessed. There's a blessing waiting from God for you. And that blessing is the person of the Holy Spirit whom God sent on the request of Jesus. He's the third person of the Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's sent into the earth to take the things of God and give them unto us. He, he's our outlet to the Father. He's our connection. It's the substance of God living within us. He's also called the Spirit of Christ. Christ dwells in our hearts. That is by the person of the Holy Spirit. And so there's comfort waiting. But we must take the time to believe that and to accept that in our lives, to take hold of it. If I had a gift in my hand standing in front of you, and I were to say, this gift is for you. This belongs to you. I am giving it right now freely to you. And I would just be standing there holding it in my hand. Wouldn't it be up to you to reach out and take hold of that gift? To take possession of it? If you were not ever to take possession of it, I could throw it at you and it would just hit you and fall to the floor. I could leave it on your doorstep, but if you never opened the door to get it, it would just stay out there. Until you take that present from me with your hands, take it to yourself, open it, and enjoy it, and possess it, it'll never be yours. Even though it's bought and paid for, even though it's gift wrapped, even though I'm standing there in front of you giving you this gift, you must take possession. So if you are in mourning and have broken heart, there's a blessing for you. There's comfort waiting for you. So here's what you do. Here's what I do. Heavenly Father, my heart is broken before you. I am going through these things. I am in mourning. But Father, I see right here that the Lord Jesus promised a blessing, promised the comfort. And I ask right now for your comfort to come in, to heal my heart, to mend my wounds, that I may trust in you, Lord, that you may lead me through this to the other side where there is happiness and rejoicing and blessing because you promised it in your word. I take hold of that now in the name of Jesus because these are the words of Jesus and they are life to me. And I found them and I'll keep them. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. That's a prayer that you can pray. That's a prayer that I pray. So the second verse, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. This is a real principle from the Father. Jesus lived this out. Remember, Jesus was the exact representation of the Heavenly Father. In fact, Jesus said, if you want to see God, look at Jesus. He specifically said that. He is the representation of the Father. If you want to know what God's nature is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's attributes are, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God's will is, Look at Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're supposed to become like Jesus. Then people should be looking at us and seeing the reflection of God. Well, obviously, we've got a long way to go on that. But that's our daily goal, isn't it? That's the, the challenge, the struggle, and the joy of our lives as Christians, followers of Christ. 
that each day we take more steps into his grace and his mercy and his truth and his wisdom, all the good things that he is, and that we are then transformed into that image more and more each day. Praise God. That's my life. That's my hope. That's my joy. And I hope it is for you too. But this passage of scripture is showing that in order to receive the mercy of God, you must show mercy yourself. How many times in this crazy world do we just think about people who offend us or harm us or are out to get us or who disagree with us? And we're like, they should be condemned. They should be destroyed. They should be silenced, whatever. But the Lord Jesus is saying, no, show mercy. They know not what they do. Think about that. They, people don't know what they're doing, whether it's ignorance or whether it's just um, they believed a lie. So many things. The devil could be deceiving them. They could just be having group think. They could just be going along with the crowd. They don't really know what they're doing, even though they're harming and hurting and destroying, tearing things down. There's hope because God is still on the throne and he has sent you and me to preach the truth, to show forth his love and to show forth his mercy. And in exchange, we shall receive mercy. I'm reminded of that parable Jesus told about the servant who owed his master so much money and he was going to be thrown in prison and he begged for mercy and the master forgave him his debt, set him free. But then one of his friends who only owed him a few bucks came and, and this guy threw his friend into prison. Well, the king or the master heard about it, and he ended up taking that guy and his whole family, throwing him into prison until they could repay every cent that he owed. And Jesus was saying, if you don't show mercy, you will not in turn receive mercy from the Lord. I'm also reminded of the Lord's Prayer. This goes right hand in hand with the, the perfect Lord's Prayer that we pray, where it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's the principle that Jesus is trying to put forth as followers of him. Remember, Jesus came to this earth, came to his own people, came to the Lord's chosen people, whom he has a covenant with, the Jews from Israel the descendants of Abraham. They had a blood covenant, an agreement with God that if they would follow God's ways, that God would bless them in so many wonderful ways and that through them the Messiah would come and then make a covenant with all humanity. So it would, it would bring all humanity into God's family instead of just one chosen people because God wants everyone to be saved. That's common sense. But Jesus came to these people God himself came to his people, and his people rejected him, for the most part. There was a remnant that really followed him and became his disciples. But the majority followed the Pharisees, who were called children of the devil. God himself was standing in front of them, and they rejected him. But Jesus showed mercy. And even as they were crucifying him, torturing and murdering the Lord, he looked at them and prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And because Jesus showed mercy, even unto death, God the Father showed mercy unto Jesus, insomuch that Jesus 
turned that mercy on all of humanity and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the Father had to honor it because Jesus showed mercy himself, and God had to show mercy unto him. And Jesus stood in the gap for us and bought our salvation. (laughs) And for those of the whole world who would believe and trust in him. So can you show mercy today? Even though it's difficult, But here's the beauty of it. Remember, we're blessed if we show mercy. We are empowered by the Lord Most High to show mercy and then in return to receive mercy. So you could pray like this. Heavenly Father, there's so many things in my life where I want to hold things accountable and hold people accountable and pray judgment, Lord. But today I offer that on the sacrifice of the altar before you. And I say forgive them for they know not what they do i ask for your mercy for this nation lord your mercy for your church your mercy for the lost and the unbelieving father would you send forth laborers that we would go preach the good news in the highways and the byways of this land and in my own life lord i need your mercy i need it so badly i thank you for the blessing that you've promised me and i thank you that i show mercy today and i ask for your mercy In Jesus' name, amen. So those are ways you can put these scriptures to work in your life and live by them each and every day. Now go be the church in your world today. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com. To learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.